This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, this is Man Baggage. I'm Russell Kane. It's the place where we get men together and force them to talk about the things girls just wish men would talk about. I mean, God, why doesn't my man talk about this? So we drag the Neanderthals from the corners, we lift their knuckles up, we switch them around, we straighten the spine, and we milk them of their opinions until their man baggage is fully empty and shriveled. Uh, we've covered lots of different subjects, height, infidelity, trust, love, anger, and today, optimism. See, initially, optimism sounds like it's a positive thing. It's an attitude reflecting a belief or hope that the outcome of some specific endeavour or outcomes in general will be positive, favourable or desirable. You could call that strength or you could call it weak, spineless twat that can't face up to the inevitability of everything turning to shit. I suspect we will see a gender difference here. I don't know. We might not. And to help me unpack it, the man's head who I'm going to go into again. And had I ever gone on a rugby tour with him, I probably would have literally entered his head. But it only would have been banter. Let's suck each other off. It's James Haskell. There he is. James, I've been quite confused. I mean, one minute you're an author, then you're a sports pundit, you're a sort of fitness influencer, and then you're sort of riding a digger last week. What the fuck are you, what are you doing, mate? I've always been fascinated with diggers, and I worked JCB many times before. And I basically said, look, I'd love to get qualified to operate machinery, do the test, do everything. So... I went away for a week. I went to their JCB quarry that they've got where they test all the machinery, and I basically became qualified. But it was like proper exams. So I had to do like health and safety tests, which is out of 50. If you don't get above um, 45, you fail, and then you can't do any of it for like for three days. Then you had a test out of 250 for the theory, and that's like because I did the digger driving with lifting. Of course. I was going to say, did you do the lifting module? Yeah, otherwise, of course. Otherwise, it doesn't count. <laughs> and so I, so I had that. And then basically, um, yeah, I got qualified to it. So now, next time there's a pandemic and all my stuff, like the DJing, the speaking, everything else like that is all public facing. <laughs> when they go, that shut down. I know, to be honest with you, I could get you a job on a dumper, by the way, Thanks, um, uh, Russell, because, you you know, there was no gigs last time. I, know I, you take, a lot, I take a lot of fibre on, so I'm guessing I'll be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> You'll be absolutely fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, so when I got qualified to do that, which means Shit. it's just, and it's very mindful. I very much enjoy myself doing stuff. Like it's that. possibly the most manly answer we've ever had. Not It wasn't for a documentary, it wasn't for a show. I just wanted to learn diggers. I wanted <laughs> the certificate. <laughs> James Haskell, a next guest, just as protean, shape-shifting. How do I define her? Definitely an influencer. 
reality TV contestant, I suspect author eventually, lots of other things. See so you popping up, I bump into you, all kinds of things. Channel 4, BBC, Amy Hart, formerly of Love Island, now just a legend. How would you define yourself at the moment? Oh, I don't know. I'm a bit of a, like you say, a shapeshifter. Obviously, I've got into all my political stuff as well. So I got a handwritten note from Keir Starmer, hun, um, which is oh, I didn't expect that to happen. You were like, DM um, me, DM me, babes. Yeah, <laughs> DM me, babes. I don't do handwritten notes anymore. But yeah, I'm just trying to do a bit of everything, really. I'm not your average hun, is what I always say. Exactly. And what a great surname. I never really pondered on the absolute irony of your surname being <laughs> the very thing that got broken in front of all of us by Curtis. <laughs> Amy Hart. Right, so today we're talking about optimism. By the way, I should just say for our guests and any new listeners, you may well have come here as fans of either the flanker himself or Amy. We are only asking for your opinion. I'm not asking you to go, well, I have to consider all non-binary gradations in between me and people I've never met. It's just all females. You've known mums, aunties, mates in your class, in your social circle. And of course, it's massive now with the world you've gone into. But I would definitely say I know more pessimistic, miserable bastard men than women. It seems to be owned much more by dads, uncles and boyfriends. There are some very pessimistic, miserable women out there, but a lot more men. Are women more optimistic than men, Amy Hart? And if you can hear kestrels fighting in the background, that's because my female adjudicator today is Layla Annalee and wherever she goes, birds pluck at each other until one dies. She, it's it's part of her rider. I remember when I watched a killer dove with a hammer before we did a TV <laughs> show once. Uh, so she's my feet. Fi- sorry, a killer dove with a hammer? No, I made that up. Okay. I'm improvising, Layla. Like, wrong with it. Um, I was not going to let that So uh, quit quite literally if it dies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I'm doing a bird metaphor, it's probably best not to jump in with, let's make sure that doesn't fly. Uh so uh, we, this is the area where we get boys to talk about things we, we wish men would talk about. I mean, we talked about everything, depression, suicide, body image. We've done the heavy stuff. We do a lot of light lifting as well. We've talked about gifting, uh, possessiveness. Uh, are men uh, better at being bossy or women? We talked about all aspects of male and female psychology. And we've got a surprising number of female listeners, which is why we do have a female auditor. And the reason for that is it's all too easy for boys to drift into it. Well, you know what girls are like, space. So we need to make sure we're not drifting into lazy stereotypes and assumptions. We only ever speak from our personal experience. So please don't cancel me on Twitter. Um, Although I did expose myself in Asda the other day. So feel free to cancel me for that. That was a mistake looking back. (laughs) Should not have been... Are you bringing back flash? Yeah, I shouldn't have masturbated in the frozen section. But what can I say? I'd had several edibles and I did thought... There's something about the Yeah, I'd eaten so many edible gummies, I thought I was in my lounge. And when I came round, I was actually masturbating next to a frozen chicken in Croydon. So our male guest today is Anton Danny Luke. Now, you might remember Anton, or Banton, as I called him when he was in Love Island, because he was... He was the man with all the wee laughs and the cheeky fists. And uh, he's re- remembered as one of the few men to enter Love Island whose personality could match his looks. Anton, double threat. How, the, only, the only thing that made me stay liking you, because obviously it would have been natural to dislike you out of jealousy, was the fact you, have, you are of a, what I call a normal height. Normal, a normal height. height. Not some thyroid freak who's six foot four, but a normal, a normal British meaning Scottish and English joined at the time of recording, height. It didn't help that they always stood me next to... They always stood me next to Ovi, who was like 6'7", and I'm like 5'11". Well, I'm 5'10". 5'10". Exactly. Same as me. That's the height, the average height of the British man, 5'10". I'm like you, 5'10", 
and the looks yeah. and the banter. It's hard to deal with. Sometimes I have a Punani tsunami coming at me and it's hard to know who Listen, to process first. the thing first. is, Russell, if we, had the, uh, anyway, if we had the height as well, it just wouldn't be fair. <laughs> it would just not be fair to... It wouldn't be fair. And also our, our banter would have longer to travel. That's why tall men have shit banter because the, it dissipates on the air as they speak. Yeah, and we need to overcompensate, so it's fine. That's why we're funny. That's exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying, girls. Bang a match. I'm not going to mention the fact that my man's six foot No, no, he's got everything. And he can knock us out if we say anything negative, so let's leave that alone. Okay, then. So we're talking about, we always try to find traits that both have can have massive impacts on our lives, but enable a more lighthearted discussion. Why do we do this? Because I don't have the courage to do a heavy mental health podcast. No, because I've realised that a certain group of men are left behind if we don't dress these debates up in humour and banter. Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, the last time I listened to a group of lads chatting, even when one of them has split up with his wife, the response is normally, you split up with your wife, wanker, throw a pint in his face before the serious chat happens. This is definitely a gender difference. I've never seen a woman get, I'm splitting up with my husband and then get swilled by her friend and they all dance in happiness. So we have to, we have to acknowledge that men need a little bit of humour just to trick the tender stuff out of the cave. And today we're talking about decisiveness. Now decisiveness can affect every single part of your life. If you're too decisive, you can make red rag decisions and do things you regret. If you want to know what mine were, just Google Russell Kane streaking hair plus eyeliner. If you're not decisive enough, then you might miss out on a decision. People might go with you thinking that you're weak in some way, that you don't have a strong personality, not realising that you might just be slowly in an introverted way mulling up the options. We make a lot of decisions every day. An adult makes 35,000 conscious decisions each day. We make 226.7 decisions each day on just food alone, according to researchers at Cornell University. Anton, how often do you think about food? If you're anything like me, you're fasting till 1pm just to maintain 10% body fat. Fact. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think about food all the time, especially when I diet. I mean, I'll go in the Stairmaster and I will think about what meals I'm eating. I'll change <laughs> my diet a hundred times in that 30 minutes that I'm on the Stairmaster. So I am very indecisive when it comes to food and I love my food. 
That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. So here we are today, and we're talking about pride, 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 pride. That's what I want to talk about. It's a really, really important one today because it's one of those ones that can be as negative as it is positive. And what a panel I have lined up. Now, I need a man's brain to interrogate for this to work. And I'm joined today by Jack Fowler, who I've, I did write something. I thought, I, don't, I actually don't know how to introduce you, Jack. Obviously, we would have first seen you. I know you had a life before that, strolling into the villa and all the girls immediately ovulating when they saw you. That's the first time we saw you. But you know, you're doing music and all sorts at the moment, aren't you? Yes. Um, so, yeah, kind of hit the screens with Love Island um, and did other TV shows from then. But recently, I've started to DJ and I've started to um, get into the studio and I'm released music. Um, in fact, I released my, my single in the last week, actually, foolish um so yeah man, i'm just just doing the music at the moment and on on that are you just mixing and djing or are you actually uh, uh, baby girl <laughs> are you doing that too no, I'm doing a little bit of, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah but yeah i'm in the studio and, and and focusing on my djing and just enjoying it i wish it were like that in real life because if i was to say some of the shit that people get away with singing, I'll just be punched. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to my girl, and your panties are going sideways. Imagine if I just said that in Waitrose. Do you mind if I move your panties to the side? I'm arrested. You, you probably would be. Depends yeah. what I want to be honest. <laughs> well, that is the voice. The <laughs> voice of Shio has just come in. Now, let me tell you why hearing a female voice on a space for boys, because what is the point in men talking about, well, you know what girls be like, if we can't have a strong female auditor to say, well, hang on a second, that's sexist nonsense, or hang on a second, you haven't understood my perspective. And today that seat is taken by the awesome Simply Shio. Shio, how would you describe yourself to people that are unfamiliar with your work? I would describe myself as a drama queen, to be honest. Um, I feel like that's an all-encompassing term for me. But what I do, I essentially write, um, I'm a performance poet as well as a journalist, award-winning, by the way. <laughs> so I write um, satirical poems um, essentially on pop culture, news events, and on things that everyone can relate to, essentially. I like that. Okay, so let's uh, let's talk about pride. Now, of course, pride's a good thing. We're, all we're trying to do these days is to give people pride in whatever, their appearance, their work, their background, their art, whatever. However, there's no doubt about it. Pride is one of the seven deadly sins, whether you've got religion or not. Human beings have thought about pride for millennia. A prideful person is defined in the negative way as one that has an unduly high opinion of oneself, i.e. it's higher than it should be, piped down, and can appear as arrogant. But pride also has a positive side when a person has dignity and self-respect. It's a real dangerous tool, this one. And we live in 2021, a culture where just be good, true to yourself, man. Have pride in what you believe, as long as you represent yourself I mean, people from China and Japan, when they hear that shit, it's like we're talking another emotional language. They're like, no, you don't be true to yourself. Be true to your community. Be true to the people you love. Be true to the people you care. Be true to the people you Be true to yourself. What kind of a fucked up statement is that when you start to unpack it? But at the same time, someone who might be feeling unconfident, not have body confidence, whatever, to have pride and feel true to themselves is positive. I can't even start with this one. So let's start by asking Jack Fowler, what do you take pride in? So I'm a very optimistic person. I am always glass half full rather than glass half empty. But I think in 
sort of in my circles, like my mum and dad, for example, my dad's like up here. He's like, yeah, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do this, we'll do that. It'll all be fine, it'll all be fine. And my mum's the one that grounds him and is a bit like, right, I think we need to think about this because, you know, is that going to be all right? Like, can we take this massive risk, etc.? cetera? Um, and I think that's because my dad is so optimistic about everything. My mum has no choice but to take that role on of being the one that goes, and let's bring you back down a little bit. Your overall group, though, would you say that that's unusual? I think of all the boys that you've uh, dated or the, all your cousins, all your mates. It seems to be a lot more, more men that are like, ah, traffic will be shit, the holiday will be shit, the meal will probably be shit. Everything's probably going to be shit. Yeah, I think, but then is that like a, a bravado thing? Because men don't like to be wrong. So uh-huh. if they say the holiday's going to be shit, if it's a good holiday, then it's a bonus we've all had a good holiday. Whereas if they're like, oh my God, I planned this holiday, it's going to be amazing, and then it's shit, like <laughs> everyone's like, no, you planned a shit holiday. <laughs> I like that. James Haskell, I mean, you are definitely, like myself, high energy individual, intense on the right day, intense on the wrong day. But would you say you're the optimistic or pessimistic person in your couple? Obviously, you are living with a friend of the podcast, Chloe Maidley. Who's the one more likely to go, traffic's probably going to be awful? That'll be fine, babe. Who's the optimist? Well, there's a couple of things. Firstly, I mean, I think, Russell, we agreed on one of your other podcasts that we were both ambiverts. If there was a big crowd, we were on. If there was no one around, we're very comfortable. It's different to an ambivert who's someone who stays in because they're scared of quarantine. Yes, yes. I'm not like that. <laughs> I'm not like, not like that. I'll tell you what. Um, and also, Amy was very lovely to me before the podcast started. So I do not want to come across as a misogynist arsehole woman hater like my wife says I am. But actually, I have, <laughs> I have a completely different experience. I find... And I think it's because of the men that I hang around with, uh, women much more negative, very fearful mm, of what, what happens if this happens, what happens if that happens, what happens if, what happens if the girls are wearing that and I didn't do this, or my mum always going, oh, worrying about everything. And my dad's like, just shut up, Susie, we're, we're going to get on with it. I'm very much of that mindset that I live very much in the present. And so when you say looking forward ahead, I don't really overly do that, but I'm quite optimistic about my my day and I, so I don't ever suffer from that but I would say a lot of people around me kind of because of the the nature of what we used to do and sort of we do now you kind of have to live in the moment and because of that you are ultimately quite positive you know there's a lot of fear around oh well, what happens if we go there and we don't like it you don't like it and I've planned this but what happens if you don't like it it's like just get on with it oh we well we've ruined it now you've ruined it now the only time I ever fall guilty to that is if we have a row sometimes I'm a bit petulant and I'll say well, that's it, you fucked it. And she'll be like, what do you mean? It's like, well, it's just going to be in a bad mood now. And she'll be yeah. like, well, we, we haven't got there yet. <laughs> so that's the only time I fall down that, that path of being like that. But I would say my experience is women are much more kind of pessimistic than optimistic. Would you describe yourself as a decisive person overall, Anton, or not? Um, do you know what? When it comes to business, I am very decisive. I know what direction I'm going in. I know what I'm doing. But with a lot of other things, like a bowl of cereal, for example, I think what comes first, the cereal or the milk, and I get myself in a rut about it. Same with <laughs> my cup of tea. What comes first, the milk or the sugar? And I get all wound up. So with big decisions, I am very, very good. But for some reason, with things that don't matter, I'm terrible. Mm, interesting. Now, Layla, you've recently done an impassioned speech on your social media about indecisiveness so are we to take it that you're a decisive person uh, hella decisive yeah apologies for the monologue that day but I am um, yeah I'm very decisive I'm very fast and I feel like I work best at speed um, I also feel like really the important thing is action like inaction is what's dangerous to me and my business and in my personal life and in general so the idea of making sure. a decision means 
that as long as you've made it, you can then change it, you can fix it, you can amend it. But if you haven't yeah. made it and you've done nothing, yeah. then you know, you're trapped. And you talk about um, not making decisions and you know, then where are you gonna be? Like the opportunity could be taken off you. But I truly believe like society makes decisions for you if you don't make your decisions yourself. So yeah, I'm, I'm very speedy. If anything, I lean possibly into making decisions too fast. But I, I would rather be on that that side of the. Okay, so first of all, I just want to do a little primer, just to do a personality yeah, check on the pair of you before we explore decisiveness. Anton, Ooh. I'll ask you three questions. I simply want yeah. your answer first. Anton, Layla, you you will uh, go second. That's okay. So, Anton, would you rather give up social media or eat the same dinner for the rest of your life? Give up social media. Uh, would you rather have out of control body hair or out of control body odor? Oh, out of control body hair, I think, believe it or not. And that's from the guy that gets his bum shaved. <laughs> and would you rather never age physically or never age mentally? Never age mentally. Okay. Layla, um, would you rather always feel the urge to pee or never know when you have to pee? Both would ruin your sex life. Always feel the urge to pee. Okay. Would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the most intelligent? The most intelligent. And would you rather date someone with no emotions or date a compulsive liar? Date a compulsive liar. Right. So, as you probably gathered... <laughs> I was just... <laughs> and I'm shocked. <laughs> she could be lying, of course. I'd rather sure. that than no emotions. I could figure out he's lying out all the time. Like, that would be quite easy. And we'd probably have a quite a devious life. We could use that life. As you've probably gathered, those answers mean absolutely nothing. What I was looking for, the speed at which you made your decisions. That was the real experiment. Oh. <laughs> so, Layla beat Anton by a whole 10 wow. seconds. 17 seconds oh, to answer it. all of the... Oh, yes, I did. All of those questions. And Anton, 28 seconds. Most, yeah, you lost your point. time on the body hair body I mean, odour question like, that's a tough one my mum would literally be out of a job if I don't I do is my she body. a wax does she do waxing she shaves my bum she's famous for it okay well that's that's the fun bit out of the way Anton I'm going to ask you the most difficult question now no, it's only on your personal experience your mum your nan your aunties your girlfriends your cousins whoever but are women in your experience less decisive than men I think I take pride in my appearance, probably firstly, um, and also my, my, like my energy as well. Like I want to make sure that I'm good within myself and I take pride in that. I take pride in also giving out good energy. Um, but looking good as well, you know, that's a big thing. And I think for a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys, um, it's, it's that. And I think, I think even when we talk about manscaping, for example, now currently, men are manscaping and shaving a lot more than they did probably mm -hmm. 20 odd years ago. And I think that's because pride has become more of a thing visually now for men. Um, I agree. I agree. And pride, pride is definitely like the well-behaved brother of vanity. They're, 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 they're almost siblings, pride and vanity. They're almost twins. And one twin you, you don't want to hang out with and one twin you do. It's nice to be around. If you've got booked... I mean, I realise I'm excluding some listeners here, but let's just say we've booked a private table, champagne going off, we're all in our swimming trunk. Wayne Lineker has just taken a cod liver oil and he's dancing in the background. We're all dancing together. Lineker's popped a Viagra in. It's all going off. 
it can be nice sometimes to be, even if you're just like Pepper Army with features like me, it's nice if I'm next to a guy who's got all this like pride in his appearance and he's confident. It ain't so nice being next to some bellend who's having to go, run back up to the Ocean Suite apartments every minute, few minutes to check the waxed hair is still in place. I mean, I mean manscaping is interesting. It's because I feel like I'm from Essex, so the only fucking hair on my body is my eyebrows and my head. That's just basically the law as soon as you cross the Essex border. Uh, I have tried stubble. I've tried it. It was outlawed by Lindsay, my mistress. Uh, there are some practical problems with stubble and i'm not talking about snogging stubble is not worth it <laughs> you know i want to be used like a, a kawasaki motorbike seat thank you so uh what do you have pride in shia obviously you, we, we know you've already intimated you have pride in your writing fantastic achievement award-winning poet boom great anything else we might not know you got pride in um well i think one of the main things that i have pride in is obviously myself but I feel like that is too broad. So I'll kind of like look at the micro and I'd say my ability to understand, comprehend, essentially my intelligence. Um, and that is not even in like a boastful way. It's literally just, I've been able to have really good, really beneficial conversations with people because I'm able to remove my subjective understanding in a situation so that I can listen to what everyone else is saying. But I think it's really interesting what you said, um, the comment you made about China um, and other um, nations and countries which don't necessarily perceive um, individual pride as being more important or greater than a collective pride. Because mm -hmm. I think it's really interesting when... So I'm a bit of an etymology nerd. So that's essentially just like the study of word, word origin and language change over time. It's a bit of me. <laughs> yes. Shout out to all the etymology massive. I know that I know the litany. All, all the Latin root crew, all the Greek root crew, all the Anglo-Saxons coming out with Germanic <laughs> languages. <laughs> um, so for me, I always look at things from kind of like a, a lexical point from like words, essentially. I think what people I actually wrote a thread about this on Twitter because I was I was just wanted to write it a few days ago um and so when i found out that the topic of this um podcast was pride i was just like get in um no so <laughs> yeah i love i love talking about this um but i think there is a difference between pride and hubris and i think pride in itself is essentially just consciousness of your own dignity and consciousness of um your own self-respect and holding yourself to a regard to which you're not allowing other people to lower essentially whereas hubris is that over inflated ego hubris is like you were saying the the um the evil twin brother of pride so hubris is um more proximal to arrogance um and vanity and things like that hubris is that over inflated and unjustified sense of pride like you have no reason to be so proud of your appearance of your um your ability as you should because you don't have the receipts to back up or justify what it is you have so i think that's what often happens and i think people have used the definition of hubris but have kind of snuck it through the word of pride so people conflate mm. the two there's nothing wrong with pride i would argue because when you actually look at the definition of pride it's very positive even when you look at the synonyms and the pragmatics etc it's always very positive so you're supposed to have pride and i would actually argue that people don't have enough pride and that's why they let people take them for idiot sometimes hi 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.